Tickets are on sale right now for YMH Live, a very cool Christmas, December 9th. Join us. We have YMH Originals special guest, Bobby Lee, and a whole lot more. A very, very heavy segment. VIP package with the great Josh Potter. Go to livestream.ymhstudios.com. I'm 205 right now. So, but I've been, and, but, and yet you have the audacity to call a podcast Two Bears, One Cave. They were hardly a bear. Well, it started, I was way fatter. So now you got to change the name of the podcast. We had a podcast called Fat Man Beyond, Fat yeah. Man on Batman. Yeah. Then I lost weight. We had to change it to Fat Man Beyond. <laughs> really? Yes. Because I felt like it was false advertising. So, like, what should we Batman. call it? One Bear. One, one bear, one otter. One yeah, otter. fucking yeah. yeah, man. I mean, what else would it be? It's like uh, Tom and the Hitler guy. I don't know. Uh. <laughs> well, welcome, welcome to your mom's house. And we're back. We're here. It's we're queer and poly. Get used to it. Get used I'm to it. Bye. Uh, all my pronouns. Everything's good. <laughs> hey, it's so cold in here. Uh, we blew, we blew out a fuse. Apparently. Well, yeah, I identify as uh, Inuit. Oh, and that and now we're all having to play along with your new identification. I get true, it. True, good yeah. thing we have this fire crackling. Ooh, ah, man, nice hot. and toasty. Toasty over here. Whew. I like having a fire going at the house. It is so um, much fun. There's yeah. nothing more fun than a blazing fire. Except when you have two little boys who go, <laughs> can we pee on it? And you're like, no. They do want to pee on it, so, pee on it so bad. Which I get. I'd want to pee on it too. But yeah. I'm like, mm, maybe pee on an outdoor fire, not the living room fire. Yeah, they can pee on the outside stuff. You know, don't piss in the living room. Don't piss in the living But they do. They pee on, uh, Ellis peed on me the other day as a funny ha-ha. Yeah. Uh, he was hugging me, and then he goes, Mom, I just peed on you. And I was like, thank you. I know. I just changed into that outfit, too. And then the younger one peed on you, mm-hmm. and he had the best reaction afterwards. He goes, I need everyone to get together. <laughs> I have a story to tell. Yeah. I mean, this is so, like... You want to talk about the, the, the origin of a comedian. He goes, yeah. I have a story to tell, but I need everybody together. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Everyone get into the room. He goes, and he goes, it might be great and it might not be. <laughs> so he's like, potentially, like, this might bomb or I might kill. Yeah. But I'm just letting you guys know. And we're like, all right. So we all get together and we're like, what's, what's up? And he goes, I stood on the edge of the bathtub and I peed on mom. <laughs> And then he goes, <laughs> that was it. That was the whole story. That was the whole story. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, yeah, pretty, not bad. Do you, I mean, then they do. They pee on me all the time. They fart on me. The other day, a teacher woke me up by sitting on my head and farting. You tolerate a lot more though. I, I give them the business. But the thing is, is that in, in all sincerity, it doesn't really bother me. I know. It's just slapdicky well, and he, it makes me laugh. I sat on the couch yesterday and, and our youngest literally walked over Took my head, moved it like this to his ass and farted. And then like farted right in my face. And I go, hey. He goes, I farted. I go, I know. You just farted in my face. Disrespect. But when I pin them down and fart on them, they cry. <laughs> they cry. Pussy. Yeah, sometimes I hold them down and I fart. And they're like, ah, yeah. you farted But on that's me. when you call them pussies. Stop being such yeah, cry babies. like, grow up, bitch. Yeah. Speaking of it. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed this lip shade I'm wearing. Yeah. Perfect gift for Christmas for the lady in your life. Christina P's perfect yeah. red lipstick. Watch this. It's got the magnetic 
kapow. That way it doesn't open. It is your, a great design feature. In your bag. It's a great design. And I don't know. And you know why other companies don't do it? Why? Because they're cheap, Tom. They're cheap, yeah. They're cheap MFers. And when I, I spared no expense in this Italian-made lipstick. It's made in Italy. Italy. That's how high quality it is. Very hydrating. And it's the perfect shade of red. Get it? At yeah. uh, ymhstudios.com. Or I got to tell you. Online. I got to tell you. Selling like hotcake. I got to tell cakes. you, man. I got to give you credit. You uh, you had this idea. I For had years. no idea. You got a, a bona fide hit, yeah. like a legit hit on your hands. It's crazy. It's the number one seller. Number one seller. But yeah. you know why? Two mommies, one jeans. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. Thanks, pal. Yeah. I'm so stoked about this because this really is the product. You know, they say you always create the thing you wish existed. For you. For me. And I wanted this so long. That's why I got into palm casting. I honestly was a guest on a, on a palm cast and I got so irritated at the host. Yeah. Because of how he conducted the show. And oh. like, I was like, why aren't you asking this? And why aren't you doing this? Oh. He was like, I don't know. And that really made me want to do it. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I was just like, so I end up doing the podcast that you want to listen to. Oh, for sure. You know what always made me so unhappy listening to radio? And you're just like, why can't they be honest right now? Why are they laughing? What is is so funny? And why is this like so the pace is terrible? No one's telling the truth about anything. Yeah. I hate when people aren't truthful. I can't stand it. So this is the one place you can say where the fuck you want. It's a safe space. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Very Fuck cool. all the haters. Fuck them all. T19. T19. T16. T16. F all the haters. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> Working on my flow. Yeah. He's a really, really Working gifted lyricist. My rhyme. Um, okay. Let's uh, play the opening. Hey, hey, hey. Here you go. Um, and the reason why I'm doing this is for three reasons. Oh. One, because there are um, women out there. Mm-hmm. who say they're interested and they want to get to know me. Nice. But they're either playing games or they're not sure what they're getting themselves into. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome to your mom's house with Tom Segura. Tom Segura. Yeah. Yeah. Some women do not know what they're getting themselves into with this guy. I don't think any woman knows what well, they're getting with this guy. If um, if so. you don't know, we had played clips of him. Oh, I remember him. Before. Um, I don't see the original stuff here, but he, 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 he said that he was um, really proficient at sex. He's good at everything. Like, really proficient. I remember. Women lose their fucking minds with him. Well, I remember feeling aroused. Oh, you do? Watching him tell me all the stuff that he's into. He was like, I'm good. Like, he's women flip out when they're 
And they do things they've never done before, and I yeah. push their boundaries. And and then he said he likes to do things with food. He's like, I like whipped cream and the sweets and all that. Yeah. And that's when I tapped out, because I think that stuff's very messy. And, and I I, we should also point, he's doing these videos on the job. He's wearing his security <laughs> jacket. It's what very, better time? It's a cool time. Hey, man, are you watching the monitors right now? God. Oh, it's cool. Guy. Second reason I'm doing this is because a lot of men out there... um. Have lost their moxie. They've forgotten how to be men. That's not true. They're terrified of women. That's true. And I'm hoping that this will give them their moxie back. That's kind of cool. By talking about it's a good word, moxie. I like that word. So he's trying to help people. I respect that. Yeah, he's a self-help guy. Yeah, I know that. Second, you already said second. I mean, third reason. (laughs) Okay, is because (laughs) there are a lot of women out there who've lost their way too. Oh, they become arrogant. Oh. They become too prideful. They become full of themselves. Bitches. Um, feminists. 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 They were called feminists. Uh, some women out there are not like that, and hats off to you. Oh, thank you. But hopefully, after this <laughs> video of talking about me, will knock you down a peg or two. Hey. Whoa! Thank you. You know, the world needs people like this, honestly. For sure. And also to put those feminists in their place. Yeah, reset. the. You know what you need? A little reset. Yeah. 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 All right. Let it, all right. Let's see what's up. Tell them what's up, dog. <laughs> and hopefully by me talking about me will lead by an example. Yes. And help my fellow men out there. Okay. Gain their moxie right. back. All right. The premise is set up. Let's go. Because <laughs> men should not be afraid of women. Okay. No. Okay. And Give women to need to be knocked down a peg or two. Already said it. Let's do it. Okay. Where is the lesson? <laughs> um. So... That's my plan. That's my hope. Oh, okay. And at the same time, get rid of some riffraffs. Oh, right. And let you guys know who I am as a person. Okay. Yeah. I'm oh. ready. Well, the video ends there. That's it? Yeah. Oh, I was so looking forward to the dissertation. Uh, well, there's another one. Okay. Let's see? So, <laughs> I've been running around doing errands, but as promised, I am doing a segment <sighs> talking about me. Oh. Only me. Okay. So... I'm not your average male. No. Okay. Um, so we're going to talk about my interests and hobbies and goals. Okay. Have you met somebody like this in real life? I have. Like, it's always the most below average guy who goes like, I'm not a regular dude. And you're like, you're not even at, at regular yet. You're below regular. I was going to say. What are you talking about, man? I think the bagger at Randall's similar. <laughs> you mean my mom? <laughs> so my mom. My mom got a haircut the other day. She FaceTimed me and she looked like Simple Jack. Like, like from. Uh, it looked from so Tropic Thunder. Bad. It was so bad. Uh, she, she looked just like that. She looked just like that. Send, can you send all of the picture? Oh, shit. It's Let me see if so I can. funny. Literally mm. like this. Let me see if I can. God, she has such a bad history with haircuts. Remember when she got her haircut in Silver Lake? Oh, yeah. And it was like by the lesbian. And then she came home looking like a lesbian. Hello. Mom. Tommy. Hey, we're on the podcast. We're talking about your haircut. Shut up. 
It's so cool. What? <laughs> Did you go to the grocery store and ask them if you could start bagging groceries? No, I'm afraid to go because I don't have a uniform. <laughs> you know, you look exactly like Simple Jack. Thank you, Tony. Actually, coming from you becomes a compliment. Oh, really? Okay, cool. <laughs> now, it was, it's here, I'm going to try it. Can I put the picture of you on the show? Please, Absolutely. give her a hand back. Come on. Did I say? I, I, you ask me a question, then whatever you want. Well, I mean, can we make it an even trade or something? Oh, an even trade. Okay, what do you give me? We got I a mean, hand it's back. It's a photo of you. No, but it's a trade. So you're training for what? For a picture of you? You want a picture of me? I'll send you a picture of me. No, I don't want. That's not the trade that I want. I have an album of you. Okay, what would you like? Uh, a purse. I knew it. It's not very expensive. Oh, it's not very expensive. I'll, I'll get her a beige purse. It's not very expensive to, to whom? She always likes beige purse. To either one of you. Really? Yes. Okay, how much is it? It's like $400. $400? Yeah, it's not a thousand. That's true. Well. Okay. All, All right. right. Okay. Deal. Pero que no sea como el colchón. Okay. I don't know if Christine understood, but he offered me last February. He asked me if I want a mattress for my bed. Every day I'm waiting for a call of the guy telling me that the mattress is coming. Okay, my butt is in the floor now because we have a box bed. Okay. So this purse is going to be for real, no? Okay. Okay, I send you the picture. Okay, you can put the photo and laugh at me. No, I'm, I have the photos. I'm actually... I'm going to send them to my producer right now. Oh, that's not. Um, <laughs> should I email them to you? Email or airdrop yes. to this computer. Uh, which uh, which which airdrop? It should be called like YMH playback. Set one playback. Yeah. Okay. Boy, there is nothing worse than a bad haircut. You got it. Got it. Okay. Got it. So I sent you three. There should be an order. Um, so, <laughs> so wait a minute, mom, one of the things you said is that I go, why did you get this haircut? And you go, I go to a lady's house who doesn't cut hair. No, she, I mean, she cut mine. Um, she cut. Yeah, go, go to the other one first, actually. There's another one. Uh, hold on, no, we're, that's the second one. One more. Did you hear that? Hold on. I want, $60. Here's a woman. Christina, you're a yeah. woman. Haircut, Sometimes. blow dry, and color, $60. Unheard of. And she Unheard said of. that the woman was like, my, my mom said, do you want to turn a light on? She goes, no, I don't want it too bright in here. <laughs> she what? She can see. She can see? Unheard of. Yeah, she said, no, I can see. And she talks nonstop about her trip to Italy and every place that she went, with places that she visited, which, how long did the train last? I was exhausted. I said, don't you want to drink some water so you can breathe? Oh, my God. Yeah, you... Uh... I call her every day to fix the color because she put brown underneath. Mm -hmm. And all I hear from Jane every minute, I wake up, I say, good morning, Jane. And Mom, do something to your hair. How about we make a special deal for this, okay? Okay. I'm going to get you the bag you want. 
And on top of that, how about we also pay for you to go to a nice salon? Oh, my God. Would that be something? That is something. And then you have to go back to Publix and go, I don't work here anymore. I got a new cut. <laughs> I mean, you look just like Simple Jack. <laughs> Order your alcohol with DoorDash today and drink in the savings. Use code YMH24 to get 25% off, up to $15 value on a $35 minimum subtotal on your next alcohol order for eligible users only. The alcohol selection on DoorDash is top shelf. With thousands of stores all over the country, you're sure to find what you're looking for and more. Beer, wine, mixers, mocktails, and more can be delivered straight to your door. Save up to 25% off, up to $15 value when you spend $35 or more with code YMH24. So whether you're grabbing drinks for an event or staying in for the night, DoorDash is here to help you have a great evening any evening. Terms apply. Must be 21 or older to order alcohol, drink responsibly, delivery and promotions available only in select markets. Buying someone jewelry is usually a great experience all around. They get a beautiful gift and you get the unforgettable moment of seeing the look on their face when they open it. The only tricky part, figuring out how to get the perfect piece at the best price. This is what I recommend for any jewelry purchase. Source it from BlueNile.com. Blue Nile offers thousands of independently graded diamonds and fine jewelry at prices significantly below traditional retail. They also offer peace of mind with every purchase with some of the highest quality standards in the industry. They're available 24-7 by phone or chat to answer technical questions and give recommendations for every budget. I know it can be overwhelming. I've been in that position. And what you want when you're getting into something like jewelry is an expert to help guide you along the way. You can feel great about your purchase because Blue Nile also offers a diamond price match guarantee. And just in case you're not satisfied, there's 30-day returns. Shop Blue Nile today and experience the ease and convenience of the original online jeweler. Go to BlueNile.com today. That's BlueNile.com. Yeah. Okay. Scroll. Show, show me the next picture. Yeah, there we go. And you were very funny. You said, oh, I forgot to put my makeup. Um, did I have a stroke? I don't know why you said that. And I said, you look great. And then you said, wait till I put on my makeup. I bet they'll change my position to manager. So you said you'd get upgraded, right? And then on the next one... Um, I said you look normal mom and you go thanks Tom mom you wrote that to me I don't know why you said you said your mouth was crooked I don't know why you said that you look well the man is like I have mini stroke I don't think you look like you have a mini stroke but I do think I do think you need to not go to somebody's house to get your hair colored Cut and blow dried. Well, I don't even think Bitsy. I think we spend more on Bitsy's yeah, hair. Yeah, Bitsy has a more expensive haircut. <laughs> Bitsy already has cost me over thirty five hundred dollars. Okay, so how about we put some of that towards your haircuts? Okay. 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 Do you want to give me Botox? Soon? Do I want to give you no. Botox? Yeah. Yeah. So where are you going to put? We need a facelift. Remember. With facelift, no, because I'm too old for the facelift. No, Will you do ass implants? Time. Ass implants? Yeah, they put like basically they inject 
um, fat into your photo to make to give it a full round look. That is out of your mind. Why? That's the most stupid thing. If I do my face and my back, nobody's going to look at my back. Oh, they will after this. No, they won't. I want them to look. Otherwise, they're going to say, "Too bad that she has a good back." But look at that face. Okay, so we're gonna do um, a bag, Botox, and a haircut. Yes. Okay, you got it. Okay, thank you so much. No problem. But you you send me the money, no? Because I don't want to tell you. You owe me this. You owe me that. And three years later, like the mattress, I'm still waiting. Okay. How much money do I have to send you? It's a four hundred dollar bag. We already established that. Yeah. How much is Botox? I don't know. I don't. I don't haven't gotten Botox. Well, it depends. I mean, does she want the good kind or at the mall? Yeah, I mean, are you going to go to a lady's house and do it in her garage, or are you going to go to, like, an actual... No, I'm going to go to a fancy salon. Okay. Well, find out the price. <laughs> no, Christina knows how much is Botox, Christina. Depends. Like I said, if you want, if you want like, a plastic surgeon to do it, it can cost a lot of money. Or how much? A few thousand bucks. Okay. Or if okay. you want to go to a back alley at the back of the bakery at Publix, uh, $20. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I take the four thousand. Did you say four thousand? No one said four thousand. She said that. No, a she few. said a few thousand. Depending on what filler and Botox. Yeah. Peels. You what? I have to do the whole thing. I have to feel good with myself instead of crying and smiling. Uh huh. So all of a sudden, you, this call became a four hundred dollar bag. Now it's four grand. No, now it's forty four. Forty four. Four thousand. Oh my god! And four hundred for the. I don't know how you just did that. I really don't don't know know how you just did that. Charles, math. No, 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 no. The Botox is not four grand. Okay. Okay. The Botox is thirty-nine. No, no, it is not. I just give you a discount of a hundred. Nobody give me discounts of a (laughs) hundred. You're a crazy person. We are not doing four grand. It's too much. Okay, it's 39. No. It's too much. Christina, tell him it's okay, please. What about her teeth? She needs veneers. Oh, my God. Big white ones. And tetas. Are you going to get your tits lifted? No, just that. (laughs) Let's get her big implants. If you do tit implants, I'll send you more money. (laughs) I'm not going to do tit implants so much. What? Big, but big ones. Big, nice ones. Big, round ones. Okay, I do my tits. <laughs> okay, she said, okay, I'll do my tits. You want to look Say good on again. South Beach? I do my tits. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, I'll give you a call after we're done, okay? No, but with the money, yeah? <laughs> I know, but we're going to have to figure out the amount. Yeah, okay, figure out the amount. Okay. And then send me the money via Dean or whatever it's called. Unbelievable. Okay. Okay. Ciao. Witnesses, huh? Witnesses. Okay. <laughs> okay. I love you. I love you, I love too. you. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. That is unbelievable. Always person. with the, the, the shysting. This is crazy. Yeah, it's so weird because she does... You said this is, she goes to so four thousand. She just made up that number. Four is a higher end, but that's with filler and Botox and like some other shit that you do <coughs> in your face. But uh, she's always doing this. And she, you know what she did? This is a, what what a little the shit she is. This is exactly how she is. Such a little shit. Let's say I was like, all right, I'll send you four grand. She goes, no, forty four, because mm-hmm. four is for the bag. You can't include that. Like one time, I gave her a grand at dinner at a casino. No, I gave, excuse me, I gave her like 500 bucks 
And she was like, that's it? And I was like... Just to play with. Yeah. It's a ton of scratch to play with. So I go to the ATM and I get $1,000. Right? Yes. And I go, where are you? She's like, I'm at this gift shop at the casino. I go and I give her $1,000. On top, so now she's got $1,500. Jesus. And I go, I'm going to bed. Like I was, I was like, I'm going to sleep. And she's like, thank you so much. Uh, and then she goes, uh, I'm, just, I'm just getting this lighter here. And I was like, oh, okay. She goes, will you pay for it? And I go, I just gave you 1000 She goes, I know. So just, just pay for the lighter. And I was like, no. And she was like, but if you, if you, I go, look, I get, you have to pay for that lighter now out of what I've just given yeah, you. Yeah, that's the whole point. And she was like, no, no, but that's my money for this. You pay for this too. And I, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't pay for Such it. Such a shyster, that I know. one. Terrible. She really knows how to hustle. She, she should did. have been like a salesperson or something. She did tell me. She goes, I bet you can't wait till I die. Jesus. And I go, why? She goes, so you could talk about it on stage and your fans go, ah, ha, 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 my mom's dead. <laughs> <laughs> and then she goes, see? Because I started laughing. I go, yeah, I know. I mean, I'll definitely say it. Yeah. Well, I think what, you know what I was thinking of doing is uh, she's going to be at my show in Florida, one of the shows I'm coming to, is just like in the middle of the show being like, oh, yeah, my mom died. <laughs> <laughs> she's like what and then just have everybody go like oh I'm just kidding she's here <laughs> I just want to try it she'd love that yeah yeah. she'd get a kick out of that yeah sucks my mom just died earlier today actually yeah she'll be like very funny Tommy you owe me now and it'll be like another fucking bill I know she's always charging you for this comedy stuff um so here's what I'm interested in. Oh I'm interested in drawing. Drawing. Um, I've been drawing for a long time now. I'm really good at it. Okay. Um, don't want to brag, but I am really good. But that is bragging. Well, that is bragging. Yeah. yeah. And as soon as I um, clean my house up, organize and everything, I intend to get myself a uh, chess. Um so I can lock up my portfolio because I tend to rebuild my portfolio because um, when I was younger and not too long ago uh, also, um, I had a tons of drawings I was drawn and then they mysteriously disappeared or they were destroyed and I don't want to get back into drawing okay. unless I can actually protect my artwork. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's what my, my goal is. Um, as an artist, uh, that is uh, a very big interest of mine, mm -hmm. and um, I want to be able to do it professionally. You know, I want to be so good as almost as good as a comic book illustrator, uh, if not better. So yeah, that's uh, one of my interests. <sighs> you know what and I think? Goals. Okay, you know what I think happened. You know anything happened to his drawings? His mom was cleaning his room because he still lives at home, and his mom threw him away by There accident. was nice background audio. Always. Yeah. And the great angle and the stellar lighting. Don't forget. Check, 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 cool check, 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 guy. check, check, <laughs> check. Yeah. That's what happened. Yeah, she probably did do away with his she stuff. She's not. Accidentally. Can I, <laughs> can I tell you, I was watching today the latest season of The Crown. Yeah. As I was on the treadmill. Mm -hmm. And you know what occurred to me that you need more than anything? What? Not another car. 
not another fancy designer jacket. You need a valet. A valet? Remember from Downton Abbey? Yeah. They, you have a valet. Okay. So, so King Edward VIII, after he abdicated his throne, had a valet. And you know what this guy said? He goes, from the minute he opened his eyes until the moment he closed his eyes, I took care of his every need. I would love this. That's what I'm saying, bro. And that line alone, I was like, could you imagine... Are you paying attention? Yeah. If you you open your eyes and your valet is there with your coffee with just a splash of oat milk, just the way you like it, sir. And then here's the latest news in sports, sir. And here's I want him to be British. Yeah. Well, that's what happened is King Edward taught this valet all the ways of the British gentleman. And he'll teach you the ways of a gentleman. So how do we put, I want to put this call out now. Can we, can we make a it happen British on the show? A British valet? Yeah. Dude, and he dresses you and he combs you. He combs your shoulders with the brush to get the lint off. You know how he yeah. does that? I'm Downton Abbey. I'm ready. Your meals, they know exactly how you like everything to a I'm team. ready for this. No, I know. Well, what do you want him to be like? Like, do you want, what's, just so like, just British? Yeah. Okay. Educated. Educated. Handsome. Sure. Okay. Articulate. Not too young. Not too young. No. He's got to be able to, you know, I want him to be an adult. But this valet was young, and that way um, Edward taught him the ways that he liked it. So that okay. there's something to be said, but you have to be patient because then you're training that valet. Yeah, I don't have a lot of patience. And though. the cool thing is the valet would come to, like, polo matches and sit next to his, his man. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, he's literally your right-hand guy. Yeah. Your valet just talks for you and does everything I for you. I love it. I know. I know. I think I want a valet, too. Like, someone just to pet my head and take care of me yeah. and, like, walk me through life. I also, I wouldn't mind if, it were, if you were Japanese. Like, real submissive. Well, I just like, like I like that culture, a, you know. Oh, a Japanese man. And we have to be a man, though. Yeah, of you course. don't want a woman. I don't want it. I want it to be a man. Yeah. Yeah. I want a valet too, yeah. I think. It'd be fucking rad. Yeah. Someone who's not scared to, you know, get and, involved. And not too chatty either, because yeah. I know you don't want to talk, but he just knows your Chat. every need. Yeah. Mr. Mr. Sakura has to take a shit now, and he yeah. knows when you shit. And he's like, oh, that's. Someone who's slapped a lady when, he's, when she's mouthed off, you know? Yeah. Mm hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck I just took these off those are terrible these are probably the ugliest ones I those are terrible. I'm working with you right have a now. collection of those I have a collection of the ugliest sneakers look at that how unfuckable am I in my I mean and these are I like, would expect you to get those in the, in your 60s <laughs> look how thick the soles are I know but you know what they're great for my broken ankle and when yeah. I do my 10,000 steps every day Fucking, I got some listen, real. S- save it. Save wanna, what? I don't want to hear it. Hear what? Oh, how this I got my ankle. You need a valet to complain to. Yeah. I don't have to listen to your fucking bullshit. All right. Um, we got to wrap. You got to run. You got to tell the audience you're going to run for the second part. Oh, yeah, guys. I got to take care of some kids' stuff. You know how that goes appointments with kiddos. So Tom yeah. here is going to take care of the next segment. And I'll um, see you next time. And you can catch Christina P on tour. That's right, home dog. Right now, my tour is on sale for 2023. I go to very select. Unlike Tom, who came everywhere, I only go to select fucking cities. You hear me? You heard? 
I don't come everywhere. I only come to a few fucking places like Addison, Texas, uh, Breast Balls Beach, Chicago. I go to Rohnert Park, California, Milwaukee, and Charlestown, West Virginia. There you go. ChristinaPOnline.com. Get your tickets. Bye. My favorite spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. Wow. How have I been living like this? It's kind of like when you find out that you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. More like, wow, how have I been affording this? It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. We use Mint Mobile at the office, and we have been saving so much money since switching over. And setting up a Mint Mobile's website was super easy. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash mom. That's mintmobile.com slash mom. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash mom. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 per month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speeds slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Your sex life is important, but your schedule is busy. You don't have the time to go to a doctor's office to get treated for your erectile dysfunction. Through Hims, now you can get treated for ED without stepping foot outside your door. Hims is changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, brand name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and 100% online. No uncomfortable doctor's visits. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash YMH. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash YMH for your personalized ED treatment options. Hymns.com slash YMH. Hardmints are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety or effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider provider who will determine if appropriate restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. Thank God Christina's gone. Um, we threw her out and we're sitting, sitting here with somebody so much more fun to look at. Uh, <laughs> Kevin Smith, thank you for coming. I, I'll be honest with you. Well, thank you, kids. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was, uh, look, there's a number of things I want to talk about. Yeah. Uh, Number one, where is Pashitsky? She's literally, taking a Pashitsky. Where is she? She literally just walked out because of kid stuff. She had to go uh, get one of the kids. All right, so it wasn't me. She it's, wasn't like, who? No. A fucking, not Kevin no. James, Kevin Smith? She actually, Christina actually tried to get today's entire schedule moved up so that she could be here Aww. with you. I For um, those at home that don't know, yeah. years ago I did a pilot for a a TV show called Tonightly, back when they were still giving white guys TV shows yes. and stuff. They're like, let's try one out on this white guy. Yeah, yeah. He's been around for a while. Silent Bob, but he talks. There's yeah. your hook. <laughs> so they tried. Uh, Jim Peritori was the gentleman's name. He had, he'd made uh, The Ellen Show. He had made, created TMZ. So he had a track record. And TMZ wanted a companion piece. And so he wanted to do a show that we wound up calling Tonightly, which was like, you know, just an interview show. Kind of sure. like, 
uh, what's her name? Uh, Chelsea. Yeah, Chelsea Handler. Lately, but yeah, in yeah. the fucking after, we'd curse, right? Fuck yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. where am I? Um, fucking so blacks it, are out of control. That's Go for true, it, man. good yeah. point. Um, so yeah, we were doing, meant to do that, but he, he was like, uh, we're going to try a bunch of different co-hosts with you. And one of the co-hosts was Christi, well, Christ, Christina, well, Christina P. P. Yeah. Um, who I really bothered to learn how to pronounce her last name. And then she like left my life because the show never happened. Do you she, know though, first of all, I'm so sad now that you're bringing this up that she's not here right now. Like how? I thought you'd be like, I'm so sad she didn't get that show because no, no. we would have been rich because I was going to stop you and be like, bitch, <laughs> I just walked into this fucking facility and that's the next thing I want to talk oh, well, about. I've been podcasting since 2007. Yeah. Where the fuck's my fucking money? What yeah. happened here? <laughs> How like fucking popular because, are you and your wife? Because you got you got to move to you got to move to Texas. The money goes a lot further. Is that man. what it is? That's definitely what it is. This is insane. I mean, I guess they can see it from they could see this room. Yeah, like yeah. the set, which right. is absolutely lovely. But yeah. for the viewer at home and the listener at home. I just came through a facility that looks like THX one one three eight. It's a giant fucking building. It's a pretty wild thing. How did this happen? Well, Who is your agent? First of all, first of all, I want to say this: when uh, this is why I'm so mad that she's not here right now. I remember so vividly we were so poor when and that happened. When when she was uh, went for the and got and got the the pilot or whatever they, they went to shoot the, the, we the pilot. Tonight, yeah, and like just there's just things in your mem like in your life that you just you so remember. And, right. I, and I remember that. So like, she's like, I got like I'm shooting this thing with Kevin Smith. And like, there's some stuff I have to tell you off the air. Um, the, the, no, no fun stuff. You know, for the listener, I know you got their tits. No, went so high. <laughs> no, 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 it was just, it was instantly. I was scrubbing, the, scrubbing my memory banks going, there's no way. No, no, it was just, but it was, you know, when she was lovely, when you're scrubbing, and funny. More yeah, importantly, of course she was just, yeah. Funny, Fantastic, funny fucker, but yeah. but when you're just you're just struggling to get by, and you get a little, you know, I mean, that's those are the days where like you get a commercial, and you're right. just like, dude, our year's gonna change. Before like, you guys figured out how to like grab hold of your own fucking future, yes, yeah, which is what I'm assuming happened here. Yeah, well, I mean, it's been a, it's been how long has this been going on? We started this podcast in 2010. Okay. And it has had a number of incarnations. In, yes, um, different sets and different. But um, always you two. Married, always us. married, married comedians. Yep. trying to make each other not laugh because yeah, they yeah. don't do comedy. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. I mean, and it also, you know, it there's this really interesting thing that happened, and, it, and this is purely coincidence that right. we came up in a time where podcasting got popular and stand up had been gaining its popularity and, and also the age of the internet so that the two feed each other. So right. the podcast fed our stand-up audience. Right. Then we got Netflix specials, which all right, do, now, don't no, gloss but, over that. No, but like they all fucking, they all, how, how does one get to that? It's one thing to be like, we record our podcasts and, and they, more people started coming to our show. Yeah. You can't gloss over. Then the Netflix specials well, happen. How does one get there? Well, I mean, that's just like, that you know we're we were comedians first we're stand-ups right. first so we started stand-up in 02 right and we just went through all you know i was on totally but you've stand been stand-up and live forever gotham until and all, when yeah. when does netflix come calling like when well, is they that don't magical? come calling this is a, actually an interesting story good i okay. want to hear this you because hear story? in my head okay. 
I'm like, this rich fuck. You. Oh, no, Netflix no, no. just bent over and said, take all the money yeah, out of us I'll, I'll and build you, a podcast I'll, empire. I'll tell you a fun, this is a kind of a fun insider story of, of stand-up. I would love to hear it. So the place to be for sure for the 2000s and into the 2010s is Comedy Central. And that's, I mean, that was like, if you remember, that yes. was, that is like. Was it Tosh and, and oh, stuff yeah. like I that? Oh, yeah. And then Half Hour, you know, Comedy Central Presents, that's where. The Half Hour like, Comedy. The Half Hour thing. That's where everybody broke. Comedy, Mitch yeah. Hedberg had it. Uh, Dane had it. Attell had it. Everybody that like became a name in stand-up, it was all Comedy Central. Comedy Central was just like the home of stand-up, stand-up, stand-up. And I did there uh, a show called Live at Gotham, which was their um, like the what was premium blend, and then I got a half hour special. Wait, live at Gotham Comedy Club back in New York. Exactly. Copy. And then that then was you got a, a half hour. I got a half hour, hour after that. Yeah. So I, and that, that one came out in 2011, and they're like, it's gonna change your career. Didn't do a fucking thing. Is that right? Didn't do a fucking thing. Did it? Did more people go to the live shows? No. Didn't it didn't anything. introduce you to a new audience. Not and at all. So it's not like, hey, suddenly I had the Comedy Central people. It may, it may, a couple of clubs may have been like, all right, we'll book him now. Because, you know, they go, what, what are your they credits? They put you on a thing. They always yeah, do I, credits. I've seen on Comedy Central. Comedy whatever. Central Presents. Didn't do a fucking thing. So then I want to do an hour. Mm. So what I do is, since I have a relationship with Comedy Central, I tell them, I have this new hour. I want you to come see it. So we book the, this room in Burbank. We do, I run the hour for a, a packed audience. Right. It goes great. Next day, I'm like, you know, I call him. My, I'm like, what do they say? He's like, eh. he said they said it's not really like a theme to it. I was like, a theme. I mean, the theme's jokes. Yeah. What do you mean theme? Yeah, and yeah. Like, like that was just their way. You know, like when somebody gives you notes on a script or whatever, and you're like, the fuck are you talking? Like, it's just a way of saying no. Right. Like, you just tell me no. Right. So they're like, no. So then we find a company that says they'll shoot it on spec. Right. Meaning. What's the company? Uh, what's the company? The, at the time, they're called New Wave. Comedy Dynamics. Yes. Uh, I know them. Okay. I, they did mine. They did the special that I did when I had my fucking heart attack and almost died. There you go. Uh, so the, uh, Brian. Brian Volquist. Yes, amazing guy. So he, he does, the, the, for those... He, he's done a million of these. For those that don't connect the dots, too, like he's big in the world of comedy yes. specials, but he's also the guy who brings us the toys that made us on, on Netflix. Netflix, which is a really cool show. Fantastic fucking show. Very cool show. Sorry, anyway, back to you. So Brian and his company, they go, we'll shoot your hour without a bot. In other words, for people that like that yeah. are listening, that it means that he's incurring the risk. Meaning yeah. like there he's is no buyer yet. It. There's no buyer. He's taking the chance. That somebody will find a home for this. Yeah. So he shoots it. We send it again to Comedy Central because we still want to be on Comedy Central. And Comedy Central passes again. As do every, I, I didn't even know they sent it to everybody else. They're like, oh, we sent it to HBO. I'm like, you sent it to HBO. At the time, HBO is like George Carlin, yeah. Chris Rock, right. uh, Robin Williams. I'm like, why would you even send it to them? And they're right. like, well, we just did. So we, they sent it, sent it to Showtime. He's like, everybody said no. This is 2013. Okay. Except for Netflix. I was like, Netflix? And they're like, yeah, Netflix said they would do it. I'm like, that's where you mail DVDs, dude. Uh, and they're like, yeah, but they're, they're, they're switching to streaming. And I was like, this is a fucking failure, you know? Oh, my God. Um, so then they just tell me it'll air next year on Netflix. Dude, I don't even think twice about it. I just figure, like, that's that. I remember it coming out. <clears throat> I remember it being like, you know, getting, like, some tweets. I didn't even think about it again. And then, like, six months later... Um, 
I would do a club and they're like, hey, you sold out the show tonight. And I wouldn't even understand. I didn't, at first I didn't put it together. Really? They're like, what did you, did you do press this week? And I was like, no. They're like, it's sold out. And then it just it was, kept and happening. And then you realized like. Then I realized it was Netflix. the, it was the Netflix special. And then that like basically propelled me into another one. And at the same time that that's happening, the podcast audience keeps growing. So you guys are doing your mom's house at the same time. Oh yeah. Every week, never missing a week. Even if we're touring, all like doing international dates, we would bank, we would record shows right, in advance right. and make sure that they came out. And were every you guys week. earning off the podcast, like YouTube well, ads, so it, and it, or now, fucking so re reading? The like, only you know, thing we did flashlight. to make money at first right. was there used to be this thing uh, called um, it was the Amazon. It was a it was a, a banner you'd put on your podcast yeah. site, yeah. And if somebody shopped through it, yeah. Amazon would give you like pennies on the dollar. Yeah, yeah. So that was it. That was the only thing for like, let's say so two doing years. It, doing it for the love more than anything else. Yeah, you just, the, the goal was, I remember calling my dad and being like, you know, we had that and we had like one or two other small sponsors. Mm. And I was like, hey, I think, I go, I think by next year I can get this podcast to pay my rent. And he was like, really? I go, I think I could, I think I could pay rent next year by just doing the podcast. Right. And it just, you know, just kept building from there. What year did you start? The podcast in 2010. And that was the first time you'd ever podcasted? I'd been a guest on, on a, a few, few. On a few. Um, I've been, I, I was a guest on Rogan's. Uh, I was like uh, on probably six of the first 30 right. Joe Rogan experiences. Because right. he was also like in his office on his couch. Yeah, I remember. You know, I remember him being like, lean into the mic, man. And yeah. I was like, oh, okay. And I then, remember him hitting me up and going... Fleshlight. Mm -hmm. I was like, uh huh. And he goes, you you've been working with them because we reached out to them to them early on, and like when I was doing podcasts in the beginning, I was like, podcasting is free. And then one day, my business manager was like, you just got a server bill, and it was for a lot of money. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And, and it turns out that like podcasting is free for people who listen, not for you, not for the guy yeah. who's ho hosting it. And yeah. the more people listen, the more expensive it got. So I remember we reverse engineered it where we were like, well, fuck, man, I can't pay for this, but I want to keep podcasting. And I was like, what can we do? And I was like, remember that movie Quiz Show? Like fucking Geritol was the sponsor of the of 21. What if we got like one company to sponsor us and shit? Yeah. And Mosier was like, what, like Pampers or Wonder Bread? And I was like, no, man, I remember... I remember like in Zach and Mirror, after Zach and Mirror came out, like I had made a fleshlight joke in the movie. And they sent me a letter going like, we were so flattered mm -hmm. that you mentioned us. If you ever want to do a Fleshlight, reach out to us and stuff. And I was like, what if we reach out to Fleshlight and ask them to like be the sponsor of the fucking show? And so they were our sponsor for like two years. We sold so many fucking Fleshlights. And then one day, Joe called me up and he just started the podcast. Um, I guess he was in the first 30 at that point. And he was like, what do you think about Fleshlight, are they real? And I was like, yeah, they're very real, man. Like they fucking, they've sponsored us for the last like almost two years or yeah. whatever. And so he was like, should I use them as a sponsor? And I was like, yeah, it's, it's a fuck toy, man. It's awesome. You can make a thousand jokes about it. Sure. Right? It's content. Um, And now he's a fucking billionaire. What have I done wrong? What do you Tom? mean? You're fucking Kevin Smith. I, I really, I'm sitting here reconsidering my entire fucking life going like, I was at podcasting. I was there in 2007. I was there. It was in the beginning. It was me, Leo Laporte, 
who did this week in tech, fucking Adam Curry yeah. from MTV. And Ricky Gervais is not really doing a podcast, no. but doing a radio show that they call the podcast. Sure. So I was there before before Joe, before Adam, before Marin. fucking Nerdist, Marin. I watched everybody come in. I watched everybody get rich. I, I'm, and this was my thing. I thought I was so smart because I was like, oh, if I do these free podcasts, people listen to them and they'll buy tickets when I go do shows in their cities. And and that model made me feel like I cracked the fucking code. Because they do. Yeah, but like, this is, look at this shit. But wait a minute. You There's have a fucking fake fireplace I here. I know, I know. Who's paying for this? Right, it's crazy. <laughs> it's fucking wait, nuts. But wait, what about, you have ads. <laughs> we do do ads. Okay. So, but how many, and you have multiple podcasts. Yeah, but I, you know, I didn't figure out ads until like way later and stuff. And also I always co-host them with a bunch of people and I'm always like, oh, you take the money. I don't care. There's, again, we're talking about like how things, I have never, I, I can remember yeah. how hard I laughed watching Clerks for the first time. Don't you that, switch in interview mode on no, me, Tom. listen to me. Don't you do it. We're just having a good time because, talking about you, and now you're like, I've been talking listen, about me I'm too a, long. I'm it's a, okay to talk about you on I'm your show. dirty What comic, you've done is, is like, amazing here. I like And dirty. I want to know where the money comes from. It's, here's the thing. <laughs> yes. It's more money than you think. I No shit, dude. No shit. I, but I walked in, I was like, if this is the money I'm seeing, what are they taking home? No, it's fucking stupid. How many kids you got, two? Did you I say it's two. fucking stupid? Well, you know what is really stupid is touring money. What do you mean? That's that's really wonderful? Yeah. I See, all right, I'm on a tour right now, right? Yeah. And I have been since September. Uh, I got a movie, Clerks 3. I learned early on that, um, you know, I just feel a fucking room right yeah so and, and you, the can tell, you can tell a story and you're you're good I can at, hold court yeah but you know i realized early on too like oh they'll pay 50 bucks to come see me just talk about making movies what if i bring a movie and then all that money goes to the movie instead so on this tour like i'm doing 52 dates what 52 dates where you'll we'll screen the film i get up i intro screen the flick and then do a Q&A afterwards that's longer than the movie so it's a whole, like it's a three hour plus event. Yeah, easily. It's like a four hour night. And then five, if you include the VIPs, there are a hundred people every night do VIP and, and we take pictures. you're hustling, dude. I'm not kidding. Dude, I, 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 I work. Like there's a, re people like you're everywhere. It ain't because like I like myself is because I'm hustling. Like I, I don't have, I, I don't have that. this fucking. I respect that. I don't have the, your mom's house fucking money that you guys are just wasting on fake fireplaces and. <laughs> Unbelievable. You should see the park kids, the parking, the copious amounts of ample parking. I mean, that that's like live in Austin. That yeah, makes sense. That's when just, did you guys come a, down here? Year and a half. We just got here. By the way, this would have cost me 30 million in LA. What does it cost you here? Fucking not that much. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I go on tour and I, in this tour, I will split the money four ways with people who aren't even on the tour. Who are they? Um, the boys who make up the cast, Brian O'Halloran, Jeff Anderson. You take care of the cast. Yes. Right, and well, Jason Mewes. They help make it happen. Bingo. So yeah. in that instance, it's fucking copacetic. Yeah. But generally, like, I, yes, touring money is fucking amazing. But I keep wanting to tour the movie. Do you know what I, you know what I did, dude? Tell I just me. did this. Tell and I, I get inspiration, honestly, from directors and people that take chances and, and, and encourage, like... Um, I told Quentin this because I heard him say this, and I've heard you say this even more so, which is to, when you tell people, like, go fucking make shit, man. Yeah. Like, you can just, you know, you made clerks for, like, 30 grand or 27, whatever. 27.575. How the fuck? 
1993, bitch. And by the way, just so I get this straight, like when you do that, I mean, obviously people must be like, well, yeah, people do that. You're a fucking crazy person. Good luck. You know, I mean, when nowadays it's, it seems crazier because they're like, you spent how much? What'd you do with all the money? Because well, you could literally make a feature for Don't like way tell less me that. Because I'm about to tell you something that's going to fucking make you weep. What so, is it? <laughs> wait, wait, though. So, you. You take you take this thing, yeah. Like when you first show it, because like I I remember hearing about it, and like I said, by the time you heard about it, it had been picked up. It had and picked it was up, and I'm crying, laughing at, at the dialogue. It's so funny, and like you, and you know, part of the thing that's so like refreshing and fun about the film when you when like when I first saw it mm. is that it is unlike the dialogue you hear in movies, right? right? right. And you're like, oh. Yeah, this guy got to make his own movie because you you go to a studio movie at the time, you're not going to see that dialogue. Right. You're not going to see that story. And Nobody can talk about you having to compromise by how shit. you shoot it, but like the movie's so original and fresh. But when you show it to somebody right after that, right? What is the re- like? What's the reception? The first time we showed it publicly was at a thing called the Independent Feature Film Market, which uh, was run out of the Angelica Film Center up in New York. It was a marketplace, not a film festival. So you pay for a slot and you try to pack it with as many potential distributors, exhibitors, whoever can help it move the, move the needle forward. Um, uh, hopefully, somebody to buy it. So I had read an article about Richard Linklater having done that with Slacker. And Slacker was the movie that I saw shot right here in Austin, Texas. Uh, spiritual home to my filmmaking career because Slacker was made here. I went and saw Richard Linklater's Slacker at the Angelica Film Center. And I viewed it with a mixture of awe and arrogance. Awe because I was like, I've never seen anything like this before. Arrogance because I was like, if this counts as a movie... I think I could make a movie too, having no experience or anything like that. So when I make the flick, the only plan I have is not Sundance because that's where movies in color with movie stars go. The most famous Sundance movie at that point was Sex, Lies, and Videotape. It was shot in color and had Andy McDowell in it. So that festival was never in the cards for me, although that would be the festival that would change my life. I was just going to this marketplace. Uh, because that's what Richard Linklater did. So the first screening we had was on October 3rd at 11 a.m., 1993. Me and Scott Mosier, my producer, had gone to a bunch of other screenings during the week, and they're all fucking packed. I mean, we sat on the floor to watch this movie, The Making of and God Spoke. There was a movie called Clean Shaven by Lodge Kerrigan, which was a real festival hit. That was fucking packed. So we thought our screening's going to be packed. And I, the whole time I was like, they must know that Clerks quality because they put us on Sunday. At 11 a.m., after everything's fucking done, man, the day off, that's got to be a prime spot. Turns out it's the absolute worst spot. Nobody goes to the IFFM on a fucking Sunday. So our screening was me, Scott Mosier, my producer, uh, Brian, Jeff, Marilyn, Lisa, who were in the movie, my friend Ed, Dave Klein, who shot the movie, uh, Kristen Mosier, Scott's sister, and that was about it. Basically people that worked on the movie. That was it. And two... Two other people. There's one. Well, here, let me. There's two people. There's a couple. Then there's a man by himself sitting up in the front row. And then there was a lady who I didn't see where she was sitting, but she's who I dealt with after the screening. When I go into that screening, I'm expecting full house. When I walk in and see nobody, that is the end of my future. Like, you know, at this point, I'm cruising on the volition of passion, getting clerks made. And I have no money. I come from a poor family and shit like that. Still spitting glue, pulling it together and whatnot. 
And this was meant to be the, the place where it's like, bam, this is where it happens. You graduate and all your dreams come true. And I walked into that screening and I had to sit there for the first 15 minutes watching this movie and judging it for the first time. I'm like, oh my God, it looks like it was shot through a fucking glass of milk. It's so fucking murky. And like, also, why does everyone keep cursing? Like everyone keeps cursing. It's just so fucking unbelievable. I thought that I could pull this off. Um, I was like, I'm going to be in debt for the rest of my fucking life. This is the worst fucking idea. About 15 minutes into the screening, I was able to cognitively reframe it where I was like, you know what? If you went to NYU film school, it would have been 40 grand for one year. Mm -hmm. You only spent 27 grand. You know how to make a movie now. So this money, yes, that sucks, but you got a job. You just have to get another job and you pay it off because I put it all on credit cards and shit. I was like, and make sure you do that. And then when you pay it off, you have to promise that you'll do this one more time before you die because you loved who you were when you were making this movie. Mm -hmm. You knew for the exact, for the first time, exactly who you were supposed to be. Yeah. So don't sell out on this just because it didn't fucking work and your dream didn't come true. So that was the very first screening of Clerks. When it was over, Scott Mosier talked to some guy, an older man who had a badge that didn't indicate he was from New Line or Miramax or whatever. I was pulled aside by this girl who goes, uh, she's very like New York, downtown New York. She was just like, you made this movie? I was like, yeah. She goes, you know people like the people in this movie? And I was one of them yeah. and surrounded by them in the cast. And I was like, um, I guess a little. And she goes, I have this theory that all the Nazis who ever died are reincarnated and that's what populates New Jersey. Whoa. And I was like, oh, uh, all right. And she goes, well, I guess I'll give you my headshot. And she gave me her fucking headshot. That was the first reaction that I had to fucking clerks. That's memorable. Scott Mosier talked to Bob Hawk, who was like, you should submit this to Sundance. He was like, I work with Sundance. This is a total Sundance movie. You should think about submitting to Sundance. But we didn't know who he was and what he mattered to Sundance. So it was just sounding like an old guy yeah. saying, you should do a thing. And I'm fucking walking away. So that whole day, there was a good 24 hours of me going, I made this thing and I didn't consider the consequences until now. And here are the consequences. Like the road is dead and nothing's going to happen. I'm going to watch this movie once a year on a VHS copy just to remember the worst decision I ever fucking made and shit. And then the next morning... I got a phone call from this woman named Amy Talbot who wrote for the village voice. And I had her article that was framed on my wall and it was about Richard Linklater and how he had played at the Angelica at the IFFM. So she calls up and she's like, I'm looking for Kevin Smith. I was like, who's this? And she's, this is Amy Talbot. I was like, come on, man, don't fucking do this to me. And she says, what are you talking about? I was like, who told you to call Brian Johnson? Somebody put you up to this? I thought it was one of my friends making her make a prank phone call and shit. Because I was like, who else would know yeah. the exact fucking name that would make me go like, what? what? Yeah. So I thought they were trying to pull one over on me. And she was like, this is so disturbing. I've never had somebody debate me on who I am. And she was like, I was like, you're really Amy Tom. And she goes, yeah, I called the number in the catalog, in the IFFM catalog. Your father answered because um, it was my home phone number. And uh, he said that, like, he couldn't believe somebody was interested in his son's movie, and he gave me this number to call you. <laughs> I can't believe you want to say That's my dad. He's just, he's just like, what? Somebody likes my son's movie? Sure. Um, so I was like, if this is really Amy Tomlin, I got an article that you wrote hanging, like, right next to me. I'm looking at it right now, reels and deals and shit. And she's like, oh, this is going to be the easiest interview you've ever done. I was like, this is going to be the first interview I've ever done. 
And she was like, oh, I want to talk to you about the movie. Can you get me a copy? I heard it was the undiscovered gem of the marketplace. There was a call that came five minutes after that. There was a guy named Larry Kardish who ran New Directors, New Films, which is the sister film festival to the, to the New York Film Festival. You could only play it once. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like, I hear this movie is a movie that I must see. And I was like, who told you this? He's like, I'm not at liberty to say. That guy programmed the movie. We played it, New Directors, New Films, and they program a short before your film. And the short also has to be a first-time feature, a first short film. So Clerks had a short that played before it that was called Ice Cream. Do you know who directed it? Louis C.K. Bang. I've seen Ice Cream. Yeah, he ice was cream. also the same screening slot. Was Louis, that's the first yeah. time I ever saw him. So um, the third call I got was the IF, uh, was uh, Peter Broderick, who wrote for Filmmaker Magazine. He'd written an article that we used. Because people didn't tell up their budgets back then. It wasn't like the internet where you could find anything out. There was no fucking internet. So nobody talked about their budgets. You didn't know how much a fucking thing cost because everybody then wanted to sell their movie for more, so they didn't want to tell you how much it cost. So it was tough to get information. Filmmaker had published an article on three movies and their budgets, The Laws of Gravity by Nick Gomez, um, Greg Araki's The Living End, and a movie called Together Alone, the director of which I always forget. It broke down what everything cost. That was useful information. For the first time, it was like, okay, Renting a camera should cost roughly this. Film stock should cost roughly this. This was all information that wasn't readily available, but the difference between making a thing and not making a thing. Mm -hmm. If we'd waited 10 minutes, YouTube would have happened and fucking everybody can make a fucking thing. Sure. This was back when you're like, we got to rent a 16 millimeter camera in order to make a movie. Yeah, how do we do this? Yeah. So in the beginning, it was very like, you know, the first screening of the movie was a disaster, but within 24 hours of that first screening, all these calls started happening. That guy, Peter Broderick, he called up to be like, I want to use your movie in this year's piece in the magazine, the same piece that we use to budget our movie. And I was like, who told you about this movie? Nobody was there. And by the time I see it, meaning like, I don't remember exactly. Sundance. You see it post Sundance, probably 94, 95. Like your world has changed at that point, right? Yes and no. I'm the flavor of the what I thought would be the month, but it was definitely a fucking year of people being like, hey, this fucking movie. Yeah. Movie traveled from January 94, went to a bunch of festivals, and then came out theatrically in October of 94. Mm-hmm. So I enjoyed almost a full year of the festival circuit and stuff. When the movie came out, it was a true art house movie, only played in the cities, open New York and LA, mm-hmm. never played on more than 50 screens total at any given time. But it goes huge on video? That's where a lot of people discover it. So uh, like in in theaters, I had the critics and highbrow audiences and stuff, city audiences. Yeah. When it went to home video, that's when it found its real audience. Its real audience. And by that point, we were working on Mallrats. And like we had a screening of Mallrats at San Diego Comic-Con 1995. And Jay and Silent Bob came out on screen and the audience went nuts. And I was like, how the fuck did they know? And it was because Clerks was on home video by that point. Oh, right. So enough people were like, oh, I know those fucking guys. guys. They're from the other movie. And that's a feeling I've been chasing ever since. Like, every night we go out on this tour, there's seven stops left, right? I got a show here tonight. Then I go to some other fucking town. San Antonio. Then I go to uh, Phoenix in a week. And then Boston and Hartford. Then we're done. So... 52 right now it's been 49 or 48 times that we've shown the fucking flick every night it's like going to a a church where the congregation believes that i'm both the priest and jesus at the same time that's pretty rad dude it is unfucking believe it is a i don't know if this is a is the term 
jerry-rigged, uh, racially insensitive? I don't. Let's go for it. Let's so jerry-rigged. Yeah. It's a very jerry-rigged system. Like I realized early on, uh, the game is too expensive. Yeah. You know, I'm a guy that makes movies very inexpensively. Um, marketing costs twenty million. Doesn't matter if your movie costs a hundred thousand yeah. or a hundred million. Yeah. Minimum marketing of a movie getting into theaters is twenty million bucks. Yeah. When you're a guy who's like struggling to keep the budget down for five million, then they just throw twenty million on marketing. It's just repugnant. You're like, it's fucking disgusting. I could have used that money and make a better movie. Yeah. Pay people, all these people, and I'm like, please do it for nothing. I could have a facility that looks like this fucking do you wanna, place. Do you want to fucking make fun of me? Ready? Yeah, okay. Tell me. You're going to laugh at me. You made- I ain't never making fun of you again. I mean, I no, never no, did, but I'm but fucking- you, is, You're cured to me as the smartest man in the business no, right now. No, no, no. Based the, on the uh, doors I walk Clerks through. was made for 27575 Yeah. Earlier this year- You made a feature? <laughs> no. I called my friend Rami, and I'm like, Rami Hashash, great great dude, director, and um, we'd worked together. We, like, we, we shot this music video together once. He directed one of my specials. Right. I sent him a short, uh, I like uh, short films, right? So I wrote a short film. I go, I think I want to make, you want to you do this? I have a break in my tour coming up. And I go, it's either this one or this one. So I send him a couple. And then I'm like, actually, maybe this one. And then I just send him a bank of them. I, ha I have a bunch. And I go, what do you think? And he goes, why don't we pick three? And if I can get the schedule right, hmm. we could shoot, these like three short films over the course of like 10, 11 days, which is exactly the break that I have. So I'm like, wow. Well, at that point, I think we got to make it like a show. In other words, almost like, you know, like old um, uh, Twilight Zone, you know, where like a host is like, da -da -da, and he throws to like an a, anthology. Piece. Right. So we kind of lean into that concept. We shoot three completely separate short film, completely different stories. Right. And then I fly back on another day and I do a soundstage day where I introduce the show. This is all just proof. I mean, I don't have like a deal or anything. I just proof a concept. Right. Shoot these things. 1.2 million. I what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. How? What? Yes. And they still give you all this money? Yeah, dude. What? Who is your agent? And can that agent be my agent? Yes. Who is your agent? Which one? You got that many? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got a few. Smart guys got a lot of agents. Good God, really? Yeah, I wrote uh, out of pocket, man. Like I, I you paid for it? I paid for the whole thing. One point two million. Yes. You just told that story in public. Yeah. Like where you're like, oh, I accidentally paid one point two million for a thing yeah. out of pocket change. Well, it wasn't how pocket fucking change. rich are you guys? I'm not that rich, but but, but dude, I can't do that. I made Clarks. I've been in business 30 years. If a friend of mine is like, I need $300,000 for a movie. I'm like, good luck. I don't know. Dude, I'm looking for money too. Where yeah. you tell me when you find some. You know what's crazy? You're like, too. hold on. <laughs> Here's the crazy. Here, Rami. Yeah. 1.2. Here's the crazier for part. For 10 minutes of film. <laughs> we had an extensive conversation about what I wanted to spend on this thing. Right. And it is less than half of that. <laughs> I would hope and it so. Was, it was agreed upon. And then one day I was like, this is not what we talked about. <laughs> like it was, it's way more. I gotta get to know you, man. You're yeah. a fucking sucker. I'm gonna get a yeah. lot of money out yeah, of you, Yeah, I think man. you probably could. I think you could. <laughs> I think you probably could. Hey, man, let me ask you a question. Yeah. So this is something happened to me the other day on the internet. Let me get your take on it. Sure. So I went and saw Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Mm -hmm. And um, Is it all black again, or is it like a little more? I was seriously going like, is it? <laughs> is it? Yeah. Let's try to answer that question seriously. Yeah. 
Um, it's pretty black. Yeah. Um, wonderful movie and stuff. So I, um, I'm a pretty emotional guy. Yeah. Uh, always have been hard on a sleeve kind of guy. Yeah. Post heart attack, even more so. Yeah. And by the way, I know this story's been out there, but you look fantastic. Thank you. Trying to stay yeah. alive. Body, I mean, body got smart. My heart got cute with me, and I had to fucking. But you're really it taking care of yourself, and I, I walk a lot, and I've, I've, I've I went vegan, and I and just real quick, how much are you down from from your uh, like what you my were? biggest? I was three thirty. Um, like I remember at one point I was like I weigh my area code, which was three two three, and then I gained a little more weight. So my biggest was three thirty, and, and now weigh- I'm one ninety right now. Wow. Which is my absolute adult thinness. That's kind of what I weighed like when I graduated high school. I mean, you look great. Thank you. It means the world. I was kind of hoping to show it off to Christina P. Because yeah, yeah. Well, if I could take her away, I yeah, get half of this. You get, you get this. Yeah. Um, so anyway, the, um, the, the heart attack, post-heart attack, I got even softer. I've always been a soft boy. And sure. You a soft boy or you a hard guy? No, no. I'm very soft. Yes. Um, but I try to... <laughs> to come across as hard? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I don't cry, know. I, 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 cry, I, I cry all the time, dude. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I'm big into yeah, crying, yeah. man. I think it's cathartic and fucking like, especially if it's for good reason. Like, I've cried throughout my life for horrible fucking reasons, and it's terrible. But like, when you're watching a movie and it's like, oh, and there's a moment in Black Panther and the end credit sequence. I mean, a lot of it's emotional because Chadwick Boseman died sure. and shit, and that's woven into the story. And so there's a moment in like, you know, they do their mid credit. Uh, sequence you know mm-hmm. where they like a little scene lit thing and it was crazy powerful so good and so emotionally um uh, satisfying that they could have literally just put that scene out as the whole movie charged yeah. me double of what they're charging yeah, right like, now I'm and fine. i would have been like that was yeah. the best fucking picture i saw you end a movie right yeah don't matter what the fuck you did in the first hour you could fuck up left and right man as long as you stick the landing you'll always win people so i um a long time ago started taking pictures of myself when I when I'm crying and posting them. Mm-hmm. Don't laugh yet. I see the smile coming up. Okay. Now remember, I've called you a smart guy for all this. I, know, so I, know, I, don't, I, know. I don't want you coming down to harm me. So um I, I there's a reason I'll get to it. So okay. I did it once and um a lot of people responded very positively to it. Some people were very unnerved by it. Mm-hmm. Like you're a grown man. What are you doing? I think yeah. I cried like Captain Marvel or some shit. It's like what is this all about? Well you, maybe you're smoking too much weed, shit like that. So it's kind of a tradition. I do it all the time. And it's become so stereotypical that like I posted a picture the other day from Wakanda forever. Some tweet was just like, this has to be a Kevin Smith parody account because this is too on point to even be Kevin Smith, but it was Kevin Smith. Yeah. So it's got like 30,000 likes. Yeah. But 24 hours straight, I trended and people were just lacerating me. Just shredding the fuck out. Be, of me. Wait, because you're crying or because you posted that you're crying? Both. Both. Number one, they get upset that I even cried at what they call a kids. Can we movie. see it? You pull it up? Please yeah. don't. There it is. <laughs> Not fucking terrible. No. Um, and look what I wrote, man. Just saw Black Panther. Um, Jesus, that mid credit scene worth the price of admission alone. That's it controversial is that me going you know what trump was right no is that me going i got thoughts about the jews just like kanye (laughs) this is the least controversial fucking thing you could put up on the internet and the amount of ass fucking i got out of it that's a nice dry ass fucking yeah no not the pleasant kind no was unfucking fathomable it's a nice point where i was like i'm done with fucking twitter like fuck this noise you can't put up a simple fucking like hey man i like this movie and i got crying now, it's one thing. I, I saw two factions. Some people going like, 
let him alone. He wants to cry at a movie. And then some people being like, look, if he wants to cry at a movie, that's fine. Why the fuck is he taking a picture sure. of it and posting it online? So yeah. here's an answer. Okay. And one I didn't fucking put online shit because for the longest time I was like, fuck everybody. We're, I don't deserve a fucking response. We're answering your questions now. Tell yes, us. Here it is. First time I ever posted a picture of myself crying. Fucking, I went to the next Comic-Con I was at. A kid came up to me and was like, I love that picture you put up of yourself crying. I was like, oh my God, I'm a little embarrassed I did. He's like, don't be. He's going, I cry at movies. I get beat the shit out of by my friends. He's going, I put up that picture. I showed my friends that you fucking do it too. I get beat up a little bit fucking less. He's going, but you wouldn't want to be around them. They'll probably beat the shit out of you next. And he was like, you made life easier. At that point, I was like, if I can fucking, if that picture makes a motherfucker's life easier, yeah. it's worth the hits. Like yeah, it's worth sure fucking it a bunch of people saying some shit. And I know for a fact it does. Like the response is very positive. There are a lot of people like, I feel the same fucking way. But there are an unfathomable amount of just fucking cold people who are like yeah. not comfortable with their own emotions. It's not good, man. It's yeah. not good for them. I it mean, really I, isn't. Um, I feel bad. On a certain I've gotten, level. I know they feel bad for me. They're like, you're a fucking, there's some chick named that Star Wars girl or something like that. And she wrote this fucking screed. She was like, you're always doing this. And she ended with, be a man. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? That's... I've been struggling my whole life not to be a man. Yeah. Growing up fucking teenager. Not to be uh, the version of a man we thought we were supposed to exactly. be. Exactly. Yeah. The man that she was suggesting that yeah. I'd be. Like stuff. our dad's generation. Who didn't there. fucking cry. No. Although my, cry my father cried. That's why I can cry at shit, man. Because my father used to take me to the movies all the time. And he would cry? He would cry. He cried. First time I ever saw my father cry was in a movie theater. He took me to see Raging Bull. You know, in the 70s, fucking we all love Rocky and shit. Yeah. So when Raging Bull came around, my dad was like, oh, there's another boxing movie. I don't know if you've ever seen Raging yeah. Bull, yeah. but it's nothing like it's fucking not Rocky. Rocky. Yeah. No. There's a whole like, did you fuck my wife? That yeah. never happened in yeah, Rocky. Yeah. And he had to explain that to me and shit. But in any event, we're <laughs> watching the movie and I was like, I remember my first reaction ironic for the guy that made clerks i was like oh this shit's in black and white so i already hated the movie to begin with and i was bored remember when that point. would bother us so oh much my as kids. god black it was like this white, is so old timey subtitles you're like what the fuck i um, watch something with subtitles I, I at a certain point i was getting ready to like ask my dad for like money to go play a video game in the, in the lobby and i look over and he's not just he's not rolling a dignified tear my father is sobbing sobbing the movie like grabs him so emotionally and shit like that and he's like roiling. His body is moving from crying. And I've been to funerals with my old man. I watched him bury his parents. Yeah. And I never saw him fucking so much as roll a tear. And there he was like fucking just letting go in the movie theater. And, and it's like, it's not like he was a boxer. I didn't know what the fuck he was identifying with. Man. But like something in there reached into him. And it was tacit approval at a young age. It's like, this is a grown ass man. My father was a manly man. And here he is like crying at some made up fake pretend bullshit. Yeah. That left a seed in me early on, man, where I leaned more toward the make pretend and the fucking arts. And if something can make you fucking feel. I want that. Give me it in fucking spades. That. That people pay you for that shit. I want that so much. And I, the, the older I've gotten, right? the more emotional I get, the more I embrace it, the more I. Do you smoke at all? Are you stoner at all? No. I mean, I, I used to smoke a lot more. I'd say, I, I like That's to, why you're rich. You just put this uh, aside. You're like, I left I just, all that childish like, shit behind I, uh, and focused on business. A little bit. I started cutting people out. <laughs> you're making too much money. You're making too much money. <laughs> My name's on the show. <laughs> edibles, edibles, a few edibles. You'll fuck with there. that. Little light ones, mild ones, but but I, I, dude, I like. I What's like your thing? You emotional. like the comedy? You like going out and being funny and shit? Is that your jam? Is that I what like, does it for you? Like that's what gets you off, other than like being married and shit, like uh, that, like being on a stage, making yes. motherfuckers laugh. Oh, there's how long like you been it. doing it? Stand up twenty years. But how long you been doing it? How long you been making fuckers laugh since you were a kid? Oh yeah, yeah. For sure. We moved a lot. 
I was always moving. I was always in a so new So you school. had to be like yeah. Charm City. Oh, always. Yeah. Fucking A. Yeah, look yeah. at the roots of your comedy. At least it ain't like sad. No, and it wasn't sad. I mean, but like, was I got like, beat, so I had to be funny. I shit. got jumped a couple times when I was young. Don't try um, to make it sad. It was no, all no. good. But, you know. So look at you. You're I trying got, to bring down the shot no, on all this money. No, no. like, well, I was a little street. No, yeah, no, no. I, I got, I got my ass kicked. Uh, all we started. We started in Cincinnati. We moved to Minneapolis. Um, that was the first time I got beat up at recess was Minneapolis. Minneapolis? Yeah. Um, what for? What, what was your crime? Just be a new kid, dude. These two, right? these, uh, three kids came You're around. You're suspect. Boom. Pow. Punched me in the stomach. Need me. Didn't get anything funny out quick <laughs> enough. I was like, I wait, I have a joke. I didn't even understand what's happening. You know that? Is that like, right? I didn't understand what's happening. I never, everyone I had befriended before, everybody was nice. Right. I never had like. And here you are. Where are you? Minneapolis? The home yeah. of Minnesota nice. Minnesota nice. Like, welcome to town. Yeah, I was in like a suburban, you know, just like, I just didn't expect it. I mean, and then the worst was that, you know, at that age, it's fifth grade, so we're 10 years old, is that they, the teachers find out and, and then they like tell our parents and then they made us get together Ugh. at his house. To kind of like patch things up. Yeah. It was, it was so like, terrible. I, he hit me. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to be here. Like, <laughs> I don't want to patch anything up. I remember they had like the this little like very small smoke filled place that I was just sitting in like this haze of smoke. And they were like, Hey, like, and you're pit. like, now I know why your son beats yeah, people up. Yeah. Your son's a dick because of you guys. Um, Wait, where else, what other white places did you grow up? Milwaukee. On? Where did you, why do they keep moving you around? It was the same company. And then, uh, what did he do? He was, a, she? he, my dad was working in finance, but he was like with the same company, but getting moved within the company. So it was like, first he was in a certain position, then he went into management. Sales. So I watched him, you know, move. And so that, the, and that, in those moves up the ladder, moved him around the country. Moved him around. And then we finally, finally settled in Vero Beach, Florida, which is a couple hours north of Miami. You're a Florida kid? Uh, that's where I went. That's where I moved there in the middle of freshman year of high school. So oh we moved God, from Milwaukee. That's so late in the fucking It's the worst game. move of all. You don't want to move during high school. It sucks. So What was it like being in Florida? I hated it. I mean, I, no, no, I can't say I hated it. I hated that we moved in the middle of freshman year of high school when I had just feel like I, you know, everything is your social circle when you're a kid. Fuck yeah. That's all you got. So we moved to Milwaukee and I got to go there for seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade starts. And now you finally feel like, all right, I got, I got my group. Roots. I got, yeah, these are my guys. This is my friends. I know where Bronze Fonz is. And this is my town. Split. So Oof. that one was the roughest. And, and we went, we went, we moved to a very small, like, you know, Milwaukee is a, is a, we were in the suburbs of Milwaukee, but we mm. moved to a beach town. So we moved to like the, and like you've never a, been by the water before. Never been like by anything like it. And it's its own Five. culture. Yeah. yeah. That's a very, it's like, there's certain places you go, you know, since I tour so much, there's places you go, you're like, oh, this is its own thing. Yeah. And you, it's, you're very clearly not of them when you are like, they can tell and you can tell. And that feeling never really goes away. You're just like, I'm not a Floridian. I'm not a beach community person. Were you there I met all some, through high school? Yes. Four years? Four years. And I, and I did make some great friends, some people I'm still friends with. <clears throat> but I never felt like, oh, I'm home, you know? It's so, a, where, so if somebody was like, where'd you grow up? And you had to pick an answer. I usually would want to wrap up the Milwaukee? conversation. No, I would say Florida just because it's the last place and my parents were still, oh, yeah, we live in Florida, you know? Right. But I would, you know, it's like, most of the time, you, you you're meeting someone you don't you don't want to go like well I was actually born in Cincinnati and I you know you I tell do. them the, I love uh, you know I'm, I love the sound of my own voice so I'm like oh you don't know my story you tell them the do you story? know I made clerks and it oh. cost twenty seven thousand five hundred seventy five <laughs> yeah I mean 
I um I still you know I still have a, a certain fondness for it because there's things you like and things you you don't like. But mm. I felt like that move was rough, man. That was a rough move, just emotionally. I don't think I dealt with it very well. Have you ever played the Pabst in Milwaukee? Yeah. yeah. Is it like there's their sense of like, hey man, fucking it's an awesome venue. I love that venue. But awesome. for you being a guy that lived, it was cool locally, because when I it was my last did place. Did you go that see I, shit there when you lived there? Not so much, but kids that I went to high school with that I hadn't seen in thirty years came to the show. Came to the show. That's yeah. awesome. They were like in my class when I left, and they came to the show. And that was have you ever done fun. a show in Minneapolis? And have you ever run into a kid that fucking hit you? No, I did go to do a show in Minneapolis where my next door neighbor um, came to the show, and that was cool. That's um, kind of dope. He was, he, you know, he. He ended up working in like music and memorabilia, and that's, that's who he was as a kid, which was kind of cool. Like right. we were, we were kids. He was one year older than me, and you know, I'm into like I don't know. I feel like very kid stuff. Right. And he was like, "Have you seen Breakfast Club?" And I'm like, "Are you fucking 11 years old? Like you're talking about like the, he's like he talked about Judd Nelson's performance. I'm like, you're 11, and this is how you talk about. So he's that advanced. He was like advanced. He was the, he was the IMDb before it he existed. was, dude. He was like, do you listen to the Smiths and shit? I was like, oh, no. He's cultured. He was like cultured, at, but like an 11, and he ended up, you know, at one point like uh, he was like managing a band and running. A, I was like, oh, this is. This is who you were at 11. Right. This, this is wild. Sense. This all makes sense, you know. Um, so it's fun to see, like, people like that come to your shows. But, you know. Um, How often do you tour? Do you have a tour with Christina? No, we did that early on, but... Um, who would open for who? It wasn't even, like... We would we have an opener, sets. and we just do set Because you don't want to do it at the same time. Right. We just, like, take turns. But, yeah, I think once you actually end up selling tickets, you don't want to usually do the same ticket because you can each do the market you know what i mean that makes sense so you each go well, also like the more like powerful and popular you guys got then you could be like like in the early days it'd be like hey man we're lucky we to need get help a gig. We to need sell help, the ticket but now it's like yeah fucking why would now, we give i've just away? done the stupidest most aggressive tour in history which so. one the one that i'm still on right now how long it started in august of 21 and um we are it ends in may of 23 how many and, shows is that total? Well, I don't know what it ends up being. I know that. And when you say tour, it's just you're doing the the set, the same set. Well, yeah, I mean different. Ver- you know, it it grows and everything. Right. But we're over 250 shows. Did you ever figure out what your like? Did you need a theme? Remember they were like, "What's the theme?" No, and that and that and by the way, when so Netflix acquired that that special with no theme. And then it ended up being a game changer for me, right. you know? Like, I ended up being so becoming a ticket a seller. Theme. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever do a theme after that? Never. So it's just always like... It's always just what I... Here's like, the title here's, here's of a bunch of shit I yeah. do. Just, just a series of bits. Why, no theme. why won't the tour end? Um, I, I mean, my, you know, there's different reasons. One of them is that I didn't work during the pandemic. I think I got scared. Right. And when I... You didn't do any, like, drive-in shows? I did a couple. But not a lot. Did you go to the, was it the improv in, um, well, I forget where it was. There was a, oh, you're, but you guys been out here. Were you out here for the pandemic? No, well. Were you in LA? We were in LA. So there's that, Irv, the Irvine improv, they were yeah. doing like an outdoor parking deck. Oh, yeah. I like did a couple of things. Thing. I did a couple, a downtown LA, I did like a, a a rooftop parking deck in downtown yeah, LA. Yeah. I did I did some shows like that. Then there were cities that were like, we don't give a fuck about anything. Like Oklahoma City was like, come on, do a show indoors right here. You know, obviously Florida was like, what are you talking about? You can yeah. do that show anywhere. Like, we did a couple. But I mean, I waited. I waited like, 
seven, eight months. Right. But still, when they start going like, you need to start booking things for next year, I just loaded it up. I just took everything that came in and I decided to build this great big tour. But it's too big. It was too, I mean, it's just too many dates, too I mean, many shows. Is there such a thing? I mean, I was, I've been gone so much. make you so happy? Much. To an extent. What I, is the unhappy part? It's just gone too much. It, it was too, it really is too much, George man. Carlin, right? He said in his book, or he said also like in interviews, like this job would be perfect if they would just all come to my house. That's the, that's the truth. He was like, unfortunately, I got to go out to them. And he's like, and that's why they give me the money. That's why you get paid. <laughs> How crazy, was it awesome for you to work with him? Amazing. Like, he was, you know, he was everything you wanted to be plus more. You know, he rem you remind me, and I'm just saying this because like fucking I'm on your show or whatever, but you remind me of him in as much as he was a comic that didn't feel the need to make you laugh. Mm. He wasn't on all the time. Oh, definitely not. Not at all. You could have conversations with him. So you could just sit there. Like, he would have fucking flourished in the age of the podcast. For sure. Because everyone knew his, like, fucking He would have had routines, a monster but, like, podcast. he was just a talker. Like, yeah. he was a guy that could just sit there and hold court and stuff. So, yeah, he, like... And you know this, by the way, but you helped make part of his dream come true in that Carlin's dream dream yeah. was to be an actor. Yes. I he wanted to be an actor. Yeah, he wanted to be Danny Kaye. And, and he wanted to be a song and dance man. So he loved getting. That's why we work. we worked very well together. That's pretty cool. It was. It was the. I always thought like I got so much out of him even before I met him. Like my father gave me Carlin albums when I was a kid. That was like the version of like you can handle this beer. He gave me like a, a class clown. He was like, do not let your mother hear you listen to this. Listen to it with headphones on and shit. And Carlin just made me smarter as a mm. kid. You know, if you're listening to Carlin, you you're introduced to concepts and language yeah. that are above your depth. It's the, and you absolutely. have to if you want to keep up, you have to look up things and become smarter to yeah. be, you know. So that also fostered probably more intelligence I would have had if I didn't listen to Carlin. So and then also me, like I I didn't want to like I didn't think about being on stage. Like that wasn't in my cards. That happened because when you bring a movie to a festival afterwards, you got to get up and do Q and a. Yeah. And I felt fake coming across erudite. I'd only ever made one movie, so I couldn't hold forth on like film theory. Yeah. But what I could do is tell entertaining stories about how we made the movie. Like, let me tell you how we got the cat to shit on cue, you know, and fucking work it essentially like a little like stand up, up bit, you know, Absolutely. tell anecdotes. I've seen clips of you doing is just like watching a stand up. It, and that, that I learned from George, like not from George at his knee, just watching George growing up, a lot of stand-ups, but mostly he was my favorite. And the idea was, if somebody's going to put a microphone in your hand, like don't fucking be stayed, just make them laugh. Like yeah. you got a chance to entertain them and stuff like that. They'll remember you more if you tell them like how you got the catch of shit on cue than if you talk about your film theory and why you shot the aspect ratio you did and stuff. Oh, Particularly yeah. Because I'm like, I'm brand new at the thing. So because of that... Like I wound up in front of audiences and I just followed his fucking lead. And, and so couldn't pay that guy back for all he'd, he didn't know that he gave me or all I took from him, from his example. Like as a young kid, I remember watching Carlin at Carnegie and being like, wouldn't that be amazing like to, to grow up and be f smart and curse all you want? Yeah. Like, and he sounded intelligent even when he was cursing. My parents who hated cursing, let him curse on HBO. They didn't like turn it down. They they'd like, laugh okay. along. They were yeah. into it. Him, they respected. So how do you pay that guy back? You give him the only thing he ever wanted. 
He loved to act. He loved it. So I'd call him up and be like, yeah, let's do it. And he'd come fucking play and he treated it so seriously, man. He, I've told the story a zillion times. We were doing Jersey Girl and we're in rehearsals, right? It's just me and him and Ben Affleck and Ben's pouring some morning coffee and George is like flattening his script. And he's just like, Kevin, I have a question for you as the author of this piece. And I was like, okay. And he goes, uh, the, the character Greeny that I'm always giving shit to as Stephen Root played this character Greeny. He's like, I'm always stepping on his dick and up his ass, and it makes no sense. He doesn't, he's a sweet guy, and I, he's never done anything in the movie to warrant this kind of treatment. So I was always bumping into it. But last night, I figured it out. I wrote a backstory for my character. I figured out why I'm always irritated with Greeny. It has something to do with a girl that we got a mutual hand job from back in high school. He's going, so I wrote 18 pages of backstory. And I was like, 18? He goes, don't you worry about it. I've already memorized it. I've thrown it out. I will never reference it in the dialogue. But just know that whenever Greeny's giving me, I'm giving Greeny shit, this is the memory that I'm pulling from. And I turned to fucking Affleck. I was like, why can't you be this fucking good? <laughs> he, was, he was method. He believed in the craft. That's he believed in the lie awesome. that tells the truth. Like, he loved acting. And if he'd had his druthers, yeah. that's what he would have done. He oh, backed yeah. into being one of the greatest stand-ups of all time. Oh, yeah. But acting, he loved. And I think that's... That's the one thing when he left this world, I felt like, you know what? The guy gave me so much, I was able to give him back. Dude, and that's so cool. I gave him shit like he blew a trucker in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, but my God, he was convincing. Oh, dude, he was <laughs> fucking rad. And, I mean, and in uh, in Dogma. Yes, um, Cardinal Glick. Yeah, it was so great. I, I also, by the way, my dream was to be, an, that's what I went to LA for. To, to, be a, to be an actor. To be an actor. Is that, yeah. is that was the, that's the I never was pursuing stand-up, yeah. Why'd you wind up in stand-up then? Uh, by accident. How? I, I was in the Groundlings and you were in the Groundlings for acting. To be a, a, a com I thought I'd be a good comedy actor. Right. But while you were there, you were like, I'm good in front no, of people? Somebody told it? me. What'd they, they say? They were like, you should try stand-up. Who said be, that? Sam Tripoli, who's a comedian. He was like, you should do stand-up. And I was like, what? He goes, you would like stand-up. I can tell. Because we would do these things, and, and sometimes you're alone yeah. doing the thing. And, and he you, was like, you shined when you were like, by yourself? And he was like, you would like stand-up. And I go, what do I do? And so he drove me around L.A. one night, uh -huh. and I followed him doing spots. I just watched him. I was like, what do you do? I don't know what you do. And I watched him do, like, three spots. And I was like, okay. Were you guys friends? Just from the class. So we were just, everybody in the class That's was kind of supportive. You That's know? a commitment to like, then, bring you around. And it was. Like it was very, nice, very generous yeah. of him. And then um, Nick Wegner, who's now, uh, he writes a lot. He's write, written on shows and uh -huh. a bunch of stuff, and he has a writing partner. He was also in that class, and he did stand-up also. And he was like, I think he's right. I think you'd like stand-up. Um, and he goes, here. And then we walked into this place, like a small bar show. And he's like, this is the booker. He walks up to her as she's doing something. And, and she go, he goes, hey, Kathy, uh, this is Tom. He's a stand-up. And you, ha you were not a stand-up. I've yet. never had a stand-up. And that moment like, you were as like when Tony Stark was like, you're an Avenger. Kid. Yeah, exactly. And then he goes and she's like, oh, cool. She goes, do you want to do uh, uh, not next Thursday, Thursday after you want to do a spot? And I just go, yeah. And she goes, OK, you're booked. And then she like writes it down. And I walked away. He's like, oh, you got a spot. And I was like, what do I do? How much did you have? Five minutes? Did you have ten? <laughs> Dude, do you know how stupid I am? I fucking. I wrote about this in my, in my book, but. When I think about, I guess still, this is real panic because I think about how stupid this is. I invited people to come watch me do stand up, and I told them I do stand. Like I didn't tell them this is the first time I'll ever do stand up. I was like, "Do you want to come watch me do?" And they were like, "You do stand up?" And I was like, "Yeah." 
Without being like, I do now. Yeah. Or I will. Or I will attempt for the first time. And they're like, oh, Tom does stand-up. All right, so wait. They went. They went. And? It went, uh, like, not as poorly as it could go and not amazing, but, like, got some laughs to the point where, like, I mean, I'm sure it's awful. I have it on tape. I have not watched it. Really? I have it on tape. You should reinvestigate. Oh my God, how do you, have you not done this on a whole episode? I don't know. I got, I got to bust it out. With your, uh, with your lady just fucking like ranking on you. One of the best episodes we ever did a Smodcast was uh, like, I found these tapes that I used to like bike around my town and record myself. Scott Mosier called it Dobbling after Lloyd Dobbler. He's like, you're acting like Lloyd Dobbler driving around recording your thoughts and shit like that. And we did an episode called Emo Kev where I play the tapes. Yeah. And we pause just to fucking have him cackle at oh, all dude. the stupid shit that I'm saying. We got, we got. It would do be it. gold. It I, would be. Your, the, I have the very the first time doing stamp. I also have, like, maybe a year and a half, two years in, where I'm dialed in on how much I'm obsessed with Chris Rock. Right. And you are watching. You do Chris Rock. A poor Chris, like unaware, but I'm like, and then I'm like doing this with my hands. Like, oh my like, god! Like and I'm like, I'm like, all my hand gestures are Still his hand gestures. culturally appropriate. Yeah, oh you yeah! Will. And I was like, and I'm even like, like kind of like blacking it up when I talk. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I had a lady come up to me one time, and I, you know, I'm talking to her off stage like this, and she goes, "You know, you're oddly urban on stage," and I was like, "Oddly urban." What, and, uh, a, what a way to yeah, put it. Yeah, and then I was like, uh, I mean, it took me a while to process. Sounds like, like, a, sounds like a fucking dog whistle, doesn't yeah, it? You're like, oddly urban. urban. Hmm. We'll meet you at the meeting. <laughs> it was, um, yeah. But, you know, you go through all these iterations when you're trying to figure it out, but the worst is that I definitely have it on tape. Yeah, You got a fucking, that's an episode right there. I know. I think you know episode. what I'll do? I just shot my special last weekend. And so. So is it based on all the. This tour, this current tour. Where did you choose? Where was your location? I did the Celebrity Theater in Phoenix. Um, Why? Uh, I wanted to do it in the round. Um, nice. I'd done a couple in the round that I enjoyed. George Carlin did one there. He did one there, yeah. And, um, Earliest one. Even, yeah. Even before Carlin and Carnegie. Yeah. It's pretty pretty cool. And like they built me the fucking most amazing set that like when I got there, I was like, oh my God. And I got to shoot four. I recorded four. I've never four of the that. shows? I, yeah, usually you shoot two on a special taping. Right. But I did two Friday, two Saturday. Fucking so right. I have like a ton to pull from, you know, figure out which one you want to use. Do you still use. do it with Brian or no? No, I worked with uh, John Irwin. Um, um, the uh, night that Brian shot my thing. Yeah. I did, uh, mine was called, eventually it was called Silent But Deadly. It ran out of showtime. Um, we were supposed to do two shows and cut it together from that. But um, I wound up doing like, uh, it was supposed to be 90 minutes, but I did like two and a half hours. And when I got off stage, Brian was just like, oh my God, if we had to cut the show from that, yeah, we could. And I was like, no, man, there's one more show. And then I went in the back and had a heart attack and we didn't do the second show. So my stand-up special is cut from the one fucking show. And um, were you 3.30 when that happened? Yeah. No, at that point I was 2.90. So I was down a little bit from there because I'd given up sugar at one point. But I was still pretty hefty. And like, what is a a day like for you now as like a, you know, consuming wise, like when you. Not much. Like the kids that I travel with, uh, I'm on tour with Liv and Josh. Um, they're always kind of like mentioning like, you don't really eat meals anymore. You just kind of snack. And that's like really the truth. Yeah. Do you, of, or do you exercise too? Yeah. I go walking oh, you walk, yeah. every day, like four or five miles. Oh, wow. 
So you're, you're really, you stayed on top of it. That's the thing is that some people have something like that happen and then they just kind of go right back. The the doctor, the day that I was getting out, he's like, how do you feel? I was like, I feel great. He goes, well, that's a problem. I said, why? He's like, well, time was you went through something like you went through hundred percent blockage. We'd have to crack your fucking chest. We saw your bones. We get into your heart we fix it. Then you would sit around mending for three to six months and you would know that you went through something serious and you would change your life accordingly. He goes, but look at you. You're out of here in 32 hours. You say you feel great. That means like you may just slip Save back with into a stint? the same habits. Uh, you put yeah. a stent in there. He's like, so you could just slip back and that's what happens. He goes, if I'm lucky, I'll see you one more time before you die if you don't change your habits. And so at that point, my kid was, she'd been vegan for like three years and stuff. And it was so weird watching her like, trying to figure out where to eat and stuff because yeah. I mean, there was no place I saw you guys one time at the Beverly Center and I didn't say hi. <laughs> Fucking really cool. Well, you know. It's a hell of an anecdote. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you, you had you had Apple stuff. You just bought Apple stuff. And, and I was, was with like, the kid? I was like, I'm not going to go fucking bother the guy. You Why? Know? I don't know, because you're famous. You know, I didn't want uh, Hardly. Um, but but if we got, you could come over and been like, I saw clerks. Fucking hey, how's, how's Apple? <laughs> Well, if that's your opener, they yeah, still, they, I would they still, suggest. They still got you good seem stuff. a lot more charming than yeah, that. No, you could have no, been, know, know. you know, unusually I urban always, with me. <laughs> what it do, homeboy? So, uh, <laughs> what's the word, cat? I just, I, I always feel like I recognize people, and I go, "Don't bother that." Guy. You, know, you don't want to bother anybody. Um, the uh, what was I talking about? I forgot. You, it was uh, your kid, was vegan is so hard. Oh, she made me go vegan. She was there when the nutritionist was like. You should, uh, you know, maybe think about adding more vegetables into your diet. And the kid was like, you should just go vegan, Dad. Were you just an animal before? Oh, bro, I used to drink, this is no lie, and people get weirded out. I used to drink two gallons of milk a day. I loved milk. Somebody told me, like, milk is very filling. I've never even met somebody like that. (laughs) Two gallons of milk a day. Really? Yeah, I loved milk. It was Two gallons? And that wasn't, you would think, like, that was the only thing I did. Full fat milk. Because we did an episode of a podcast I do called Education. My friend Andy McElfresh read a factoid where he that was might like, be the wildest quirk I've ever heard about anybody. It put me on a fucking operating table yeah. and just killed me eventually. But he said during this one piece, he was talking about how milk is very filling because it coats the stomach and stuff and makes you less hungry. I was like, that sounds good. So I started just overdoing it with the milk. It's pretty bad. And food wise, where you just eat whatever, whatever the fuck, yeah. But mostly, like, and are you never vegan? You're still vegan now? Yeah, still. It's wow. been uh, coming up on. Five years after the day after the heart attack, when the nutritionist said that shit, the kid was like, "Please, Dad, try." Do you it. ever? Do you have temptations to? Or no, you're kind I don't of miss anything. You don't miss anything. They they now have got like equal shit. Also, like, it feel, doesn't it feel good to look in the mirror though? Like it's it's, it's nice. It's yeah, it is. It is actually better. Um, I mean, I used to feel like that does so much for self esteem. It does, and it's also like you know. It's it's something that has been an issue like my whole fucking yeah, life. Same, right? Since same I was dude. a kid, my, ever same. struggling with the fucking weight and stuff. So it was nice to get to a place where it, that doesn't. It's not the concern. I, I'm not consumed with that anymore. With, yeah, and like, and, and, and mind with you, how my uncomfortable body, you are. Totally, and, yeah. but uh, mind you, my body is nothing anybody wants to look at because when you lose that weight, yeah. all the skin just drapes. Falls. Yeah. And so one could get a procedure where you like have it cut off and they sew you up and shit. But a friend of mine did that and he was like, bro, never do it. He was like, you, I know you, he's, you have no tolerance, no threshold for pain. He's like, this is the worst pain I've ever really? been in my life. So I got evidence, man. Like fucking, if you, 
if I take my fucking kid off right here and shit, I look like uh, the, fucking remember the dude in RoboCop who got hit with the fluids. He's like, yeah. he's all yeah. droopy. Yeah, that's what my shit looks like. Or remember in The Shining when the hot chick gets out of the tub yes. and turns into oh, 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 oh. terrifying. That's, that's my shit looks like. Does that is that a kind of a you know, is that a thing every day where you pass by a mirror and it's a... If, if I'm out of clothes. like but it's if a I silent to, reminder, though, I'm saying? Like where always, you go, yeah. always, when I see it. And then another reason not to, like, cut it off. It's like, you know, battle scars, so to speak. And yeah. But also, like, I'm 52. Who gives a fuck? Oh, totally. It's not like, my, you know, my wife's like, oh, my God, get rid of that. Yeah. All this time. I'm sure now she's like, this is better than fucking what I've been dealing with the last 20 years. Right. We've never had that real conversation, but we should one day, where I'm like, you... You like this better, right? Right. Right? Like Right. Like me being, you know, come on. I mean, for fucking twenty four years, like she was on top because I was like, Well I'm a big guy. Yeah, you seem to like it up there. I do I've struggled with it as an adult yeah. my whole life. Up and down, up and down. This is probably the longest like I stint I've had right now of just being you serious. Know, I, I, you look thin to me. I'm two oh five right now. So, but I've been, and, and yet you have the audacity to call a podcast Two Bears, One Cave. They were hardly a bear. Well, it started, I was way fatter. So now you got to change the name of the podcast. We had a podcast called Fat Man Beyond, Fat yeah. Man on Batman. Yeah. Then I lost weight. We had to change it to Fat Man Beyond. Really? <laughs> yes. Because I felt like it was false advertising. So, like Fat what Man should we Batman. call it? One Bear, One, one Otter. One Bear, One Otter. One yeah. Otter. yeah. Fucking yeah. yeah, man. I mean, what else would it be? It's like uh, Tom and the Hitler guy. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> You see, I got him. No, Hitler's. not the title. What <laughs> derivation, what designation would you be if not an otter? Oh, yeah, you're right. I got to be an otter. Gotta be an otter. I got to be an otter. Yeah. Fuck, man. Although I like your pitch. I like your, that was a fast pitch. It was fast. Man. I got him Hitler's teacup. So that's why we're, you know. What do you mean? Uh, I'm sure it's a long story in this whole episode, but you, did you really get him Hitler's teacup? Yeah, for his birthday. Yeah. Why? Well, why? Well, I was trying to get him something different. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, were, they, were they actually his? Well, from everything we could, you know, uh, verify. I mean, it cost me a lot. Oh, my God. With to, all this money I know. that Netflix I had, and this fucking thing I had to go through this, you? like, hardcore white supremacist in Idaho. Are you serious? Yes. And I had to do cash deliveries. And then, like, you know, he authenticated that it was uh, Gertie Troost's. And they, they, you know, some, she gifted it to this guy when she died in 98 and three other sellers. And I was like, you know. Did you tell me, be honest, did yeah. you do it for the story, for the episode? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, and I, I know he's a big history buff. He said he has to destroy it, but I think he should, you know, so give it to a museum. I mean, I'm with him. It's kind of like. I give you, it to a museum. Could, shouldn't you ceremonially destroy him in the fake fireplace right here? Like, Yeah, I think if we're going to do that, then we should have a Jewish friend do it. You know, I don't want Ooh, it to that's be. That's smart. That's yeah, good. I think it's more yeah, fun that's that good. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't do that. You, you're not allowed. Yeah, I mean, at least let somebody take out a little. Let, let them lose some, especially right now. Bring the tensions down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You could be doing, you be doing the right thing right yeah, now. Yeah, we should, uh, we should invite Kyrie to do it. Okay. <laughs> Oops. Wow, shit got very, very topical. Yeah, very quick. it did. Very topical. Um, dude, thank you for coming by. Thank this you for having like, me, man. It was, uh, it was a, a real fortuitous treat. You're a fun that guy I'm here in, in Austin. Yeah, fucking likewise, man. Yeah, it's good time. I can't believe sure. this, we didn't do this for a long time. I know we were in the same town all the time. This Forever. is like finding a lover too late in life. We're like, on, no. Man. Can we do it again, though? Absolutely. We'll, we'll invite Christina. I can't remember or imagine the next time I'll be in Austin. Uh, but you guys. If we come to L.A. all the time. I was going to say, if you're going to be in L.A., fucking, yeah. I got this. Well, not this. I don't yeah. have 
all this art. I mean, do you have a production designer? We hired one, yeah, for this, yeah. And I heard you talk before about your fucking, like, you're like, they built a nice set for me. What do you need a set for to fucking, like, do comedy? Wait, which set? I think you're getting too oh. spoiled by all these trinkets. Um, Look at all this art. And you're buying Hitler's cups? How much money do you have? Do you want to produce a movie? Yeah. Yeah. 1.2. What'd you get for that 1.2? Make a whole ass. I can make th- three movies for that When 1.2. um, So we just did uh, color last week. Mm. Color mix, timing? Uh, color correction. Yeah, yeah. The, and then we, um, the mix was this week. And there's a couple of VFX things that are going in. And then it's done. I'll send. Can I send it to you? I when would it's love done? to watch. I'd it. Love but to have you it. seen any of this? Do you know that you're not getting? Oh no, for I've been a there. I've, no, no, no. I've been there. For, they're like, we're doing color now. And yeah. You're like, I hear they're doing no, color. No, no. I went. I went and uh, I. I, I had to go. Proof. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's. Look, it looks Amazing. fucking unbelievable. And I got like, dude, I got fucking. <clears throat> I don't even know if I should say, but who was a? Uh, he did one of the short. He is unbelievable because he just he just blew everybody away right. but you see that it's like i mean you experience this more than anybody but it's like you know you have friends that are like yeah i act or whatever and you can have them people like them in a movie and then you have like some like virtuoso come in and, and you're like action you're like holy shit oh, yeah. it's a uh, it kind of shuts everything down you know yeah, yeah. like we did i did this movie with uh Wahlberg and a couple of people, and Margot Martindale mm. is a is a great character actress. Mm, yeah, wonderful. But like, you know, it was one of those things where we'd just be like bullshitting between. That wasn't your short. You were in no, no, I was in that movie. Yeah, what I was, was that for? I was called Instant Family. It was out a few years ago. But I just remember she being cool, like, Margot. Oh my god, I mean she's awesome in movies. But we're just like sitting around talking, you know. Right. And then it's like action, and this thing happens where I end up watching her like in i'm supposed to be in the scene and i'm like oh my god <laughs> you just appreciate the performance yeah, like, like she's a really good oh, actor you're so good at acting and, then, <laughs> and they're like tom i'm like uh yeah where where what time are we supposed to be there and they're like cut like, start <laughs> over again because i'm just like this is what we get for hiring these comics yeah i'm like they're taken by how good of an actress she is you know? wow and like it was like that where i was like what the fuck man it was just it was really impressed and i got i got great Are you people in the short as well i'm in all of them but i only what i did was i wanted to be in all of them but i only wanted to uh, be the lead in the one that i wanted to be so right. i thought i would just lend myself to like uh, i'm just cameos in two of them right and, and the lead in one yeah and you, chris christina or no she's not in it no what's been her take on all this like go go with god enjoy yeah or hey man 1.2 we could have bought a fucking our fifth house you think i run this shit by her dude you don't fuck no she doesn't know is anything. that the secret to success yeah, you don't tell them anything i used to have shit show up at the house that's smart yeah you gotta write notes for me man yeah. i'm like this, this is a, a, you gotta write another book I'm like this is a the book that is like this is the real party where you a, tell everybody how it's done like, this is a 997 gt3 rs you're lucky to have it <laughs> 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 Yeah, I don't, I don't fucking ask. That's a, that's all square with the woman I met. <laughs> I just I give her some cool stuff too. That's She's it. Fine. Just throw some fucking wealth her way as well. Yeah. Hey, here's some <laughs> earrings. Go go have a ball. <laughs> <laughs>
Why did you wait this long in the process to teach me these uh, things, no, man? man. Well, we should do. We should do another podcast. We should absolutely. Um, well, have fun tonight, dude. Thank and, you. It's gonna um, be good times. Man. Honestly, I've I've really enjoyed all your work. I Thank think you. you're a super talented, super funny it guy. Means the fucking world. Likewise, yeah, that's yeah. why I was here, man. I was so jumped happy. at the chance to be. So happy you came by. Um, and have fun on the tour, man. Thank have fun you. on the tour. Thanks for having, man. You as well. Fucking, you're almost done. Uh, <laughs> May fifteenth. <15th. laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's the end. May fifteenth. There it is. So you're coming so, to the close of yours. Uh, well. All right. Seven more months. Let's go. All right. Thanks for watching. We'll see you guys next week. Bye, everybody. Quick point um, of personal privilege. Yes. Um, guys, um, he, him. I'm one of the people who's very, very prone to sensory overload. <laughs> socialism.